One in 10 people will have a seizure in their lifetime. Would you know what to do if you experienced a seizure or saw somebody experiencing one? VCU Health is home to a Level 4 Epilepsy Center, a designation indicating the highest level of care in the country. To celebrate Epilepsy Awareness Month in November, we are speaking with Dr. Victor Gonzalez Montoya. He loves a challenge, and treatment of epilepsy and seizures is his specialty, particularly those episodes that are hard to control. So let's talk to Dr. Gonzalez Montoya, Interim Chief of Epilepsy. This is Healthy with ECU Health. I'm Scott Webb. Doctor, thanks for joining me today. Let's start here. What is a seizure, and are there different types of seizures? A seizure is basically an abnormal phenomenon that occurs in the brain, usually triggered by excessive activity, excessive electrical activity in the brain, that sometimes is manifested in different ways, from a confusion spell towards involuntary movements or uh, loss of awareness or convulsions or it, it it has a lot of variations in it and therefore the multiple classifications of the seizures as well okay so let's go through the different classifications so these classifications have changed a lot uh, throughout the years because the more we learn the more we realize that it's a little bit complex to box them all in in in, in one place the most current uh, classification that we have for seizures is if it's a focal event, means a part of the brain is giving you uh, excessive activity in the brain, and whether that part of the activity affects your consciousness or your awareness. Um, another group of seizures is the ones that patients lose completely ton of their bodies and go and have convulsions and go to the ground. Other spells are called what uh, used to be known as petit mal or absent seizures which is like brief episodes of interruption of awareness and with an immediate returning to their baseline, almost almost uh, instantaneously. There are sensory uh, seizures, which we call a focal seizures with no uh, uh, alteration of the awareness. There are seizures with uh, hallucinations, visual hallucinations, auditory hallucinations, sounds, so in general terms, is basically whether the awareness is affected or not. Obviously, a lot of variations and factors to consider. Are some types of seizures more common than others? Uh, traditionally, uh, it depends on the group age. Uh, uh, pediatric patients tend to manifest, the, at least statistically speaking, certain kinds of seizures that are more frequent than adults, and the other way around. Uh, most of this has to do with the reasons for having epilepsy. Pediatric patients usually have genetic causes for epilepsy compared with adult patients who have other reasons like traumatic brain injury, strokes or tumors, etc. And along those lines, doctor, if someone is experiencing seizures, does that mean that they automatically have epilepsy? That's a very good question. It's a very good question. The, the, a seizure, is like the way I try to explain this to my patients, a seizure is just a phenomenon that can happen to anyone. Uh, says that one patient in 10 may have a, a, one person in 10 could have a seizure in their life and doesn't mean they have epilepsy. Epilepsy implies the risk of having seizures or recurrence of seizures with no trigger factors. And having that propensity to have seizures is what makes someone epileptic. And they are the ones who need anti-epileptic medications. And what about the medications? Are they affordable? And how would someone be prescribed medication to treat their seizures? First of all, what will be important is to formally have a diagnosis of epilepsy. And every time someone goes through this process, is typically lands with a neurologist. Um, that neurologist will run some tests trying to identify reasons 
for that risk of having seizures. Uh, based on the other medical problems that the patients may have or not have, we can tailor those treatments for that particular patient. Thankfully, we live in a country that the amount of the variation of seizure medications that are available are, is, is, is big. So that, that's a significant advantage of living here. The cost of them, well, that's a different topic. Uh, the, the typically, newer medications tend to be uh, more expensive than older medications, but it doesn't mean that the older medications are not good. I mean, every time I get a question, <laughs> say, what is the best medication for seizures? It's like asking what is the best wine? Say, well, uh, the ones that you like. And so when I would have to say what is the best medication for seizure, that would mean that the medications that stop the seizures without giving them side effects that wouldn't affect their daily living. And Dr. Are there side effects and should newly diagnosed patients be prepared for a period of trial and error as their doctors work to find the best course of treatment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably the most important part that any patient would, uh, but I would be emphatic is when someone gets a diagnosis of seizures, it's, it's, it's shocking for them. Um, they have to, like, uh, what do you mean I have epilepsy? Uh, well, it's like a genetic thing, and all these questions immediately start coming into their heads. So starting with with the statistics, uh, uh, then every time someone receives a diagnosis of epilepsy or seizures, the numbers are on their side. So statistically speaking, we can stop the, medic the, the seizures with just medications in two-thirds of patients, which is a pretty good number. Uh, so... Based on that, we'll, we'll need to uh, address what kind of medications we can address by each scenario. Typically, side effects of medications for seizures are usually drowsiness, uh, dizziness. Uh, some people, depending on the dosing, the higher the dose, the easier for the patients to have side effects. But it doesn't mean it's a failure of the medication. In some, we need to trial and error, see other medications, change the doses, change the way the medication is being delivered so the patients experience the least amount of side effects and still experiencing the good effects of the medication. So that's the medical side of this. What can the rest of us do when we see someone that's having a seizure, especially one that includes convulsions? Probably the best and most important will be to identify someone who is in need of help because of a seizure. For that, uh, when someone is having a convulsion, for example, that is usually an easy uh, identification. Right? We see someone shaking on the ground. Well, that's probably a convulsion, epileptic seizure is the concern. And they, the most important thing is make sure the surroundings of the patients are safe for them. Uh, hot objects, hot surfaces, or sharp objects that could endanger the physical integrity of the patient, is, it's important to remove time the event. It's probably the second most important part of this because the duration, most of the seizures, about 95% of them, they end by themselves in less than five minutes. But there's a smaller number that lasts longer than that, and, and those patients need a, emergent treatment to break this cycle because there is a concern of an entity that we call status epilepticus, which is like a nonstop seizure state. And, the, and our, our friends in, in the emergency medical services are trained to give medications in the field so they can break this as fast as possible. Don't leave the patients by themselves. Stay with them until the whole event ends. Stay calm, which is actually very difficult because we tend to bring more people. We try to help, 
and we can, we surround patients who are having seizures, and, and sometimes that may not be the best. I've seen people actually trying to hold other patients from having the convulsions and just not allowing them to move or shake. That doesn't change anything, actually. The seizure will last what it has to last. Uh, avoid putting objects inside people's uh, mouth because sometimes they, they, uh, with the movements they can actually bite their tongues and they can bleed and that is visually difficult for someone to see. So we try to, people may try to stick objects in their mouths and, and that could be pretty dangerous uh, because they can break a tooth, they can choke on it and that could be very, very harmful. Thanks for clearing that up, doctor, because I think it's a common misconception that we should try to have them bite down on something. I mean, I've heard stories like taking their fingers inside and the patients that have, don't have control of their bodies. And a seizure is like an ex this excessive activity that is shooting and making the muscle, it took, all of them basically are contracted and, and, and they can break their fingers too. So in any scenario, it's a good idea to stick anything on their mouth. The tongue is a muscle. The muscles, I mean, it's going to be injured after a convulsion, but it tends to heal pretty, pretty fast within days. Uh, compared with the dangerous consequences of sticking something in someone's mouth and having the, an, an asphyxiation problem because of a missing tooth or whatever. Are there warning signs for people that they're about to have a seizure? And if so, what should they do to safely deal with them? Unfortunately, not everyone has uh, uh, warnings that a seizure is coming. Uh, some seizures spread too fast within the brain that uh, there is no time for the patient or anyone to do anything about it other than just deal with the consequences of falling or something like that. For the ones that actually have the luxury, relatively speaking, of having a warning sensation, yes, patients usually are trained to say, okay, make sure you are in a safe position. Just sit down or on your, on your heel just to make sure that there is no falls, basically. And um, call for help if you can call for help. Um, now, someone, um, let's say that patients sometimes are have... Uh, family members that have seen multiple seizure types on their, on their, on their, on their loved ones, well, they're usually trained to do uh, a seizure plan, seizure action plan. Uh, some of them suffer from clusters. Some of them have rescue medications that can be delivered in different routes. Uh, some of them have devices within their bodies that uh, give them uh, electrical stimulus and could break the seizure from evolving into a more complex uh, problem. But all those scenarios will be tailored by that specific patient from their neurologist. So yes, if we have someone that we, a co-worker or a family member, it will be very important to be educated in, in seizures in a first aid plan and usually it's going to be led by the neurologist. Doctor, I know that Epilepsy Awareness Month is coming up in November. What do you all have planned to raise awareness? Yeah, November is a very good month for us, in October as well, for, for the epilepsy awareness. What we're trying to do is education, raise awareness within the community of the people that suffers from this, and multiple health systems try to put a little piece on this. What we have is a, something we call this bike riding for the Epilepsy Foundation of Virginia. That is going to take place in October 12th. It's a Saturday. It's probably one of the most expected events for the patients with epilepsy in the community. Doctor, is there anything more that we can share with listeners about epilepsy, seizures, or treatment options? 
Yeah, well, I would like to pass on, get educated in seizures, get educated in epilepsy. Education is going to remove the taboo status on multiple of these diseases and is going to promote for patients to go to look for healthcare, basically. Patients with epilepsy, they have to be seen by a neurologist, and if their medications are not stopping the seizures, the level of care has to be raised to an epileptologist, that is a neurologist with a subspecialty in epilepsy. Family members, friends, co-workers of someone who has epilepsy, they need their help. They will, they will need to be educated. They have to be active. And uh, I guess uh, promoting education in seizures will be extremely helpful for everyone. Thanks, doctor. It sounds like the common theme here is education, both for those that suffer from seizures and for the rest of us who want to help them. That's Dr. Victor Gonzalez Montoya, Interim Chief of Epilepsy at VCU. For more information about seizures and epilepsy, visit the VCU Health website at vcuhealth.org. And to hear more about how you can take control of your health, listen to the other episodes of Healthy with VCU Health at vcuhealth.org podcast. This is Healthy with VCU Health. I'm Scott Webb. Thanks for listening.